You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Welcome to this episode of the 100 Huntley Street podcast. My name is Laura Watson. I will be your host today. And I'm so thankful that you are joining us from wherever you are. You were meant to be here for this exact moment in time to hear this encouraging conversation I'm going to be having with Carol McLeod. She's a prolific Bible teacher, best-selling author, and she's written this book called Rooms of a Mother's Heart that has totally revolutionized my approach to raising my two sons, Jacob and Benjamin. They are 14 and 10 years old, respectively. But let me go back to my years as a young mom before we dive into this great conversation with Carol. I can remember bringing my son Jacob home from the hospital and getting into a groove the first week of him being home with us. Now, Jacob did come a bit early and we had some other extenuating circumstances because it was a car accident actually that brought Jacob early, but we were all safe and sound. There were a few challenges. Um, But, you know, in the days uh, when Jacob was awake, I would take care of him and at night and, you know, just loved holding him and loved being a mom. I was very, very nervous, of course. Um, But what I was shocked by was every time I put Jacob to bed, I would become completely overwhelmed by this sense of responsibility and um, just this crippling sense of of a fear, actually, that, you know, I'm in over my head. How am I going to raise this little guy? Uh, I'm not sure how to be a mom. I'm not sure what to do here. Uh, I only had, you know, sisters growing up. I wasn't, I wasn't raised around boys, a lot of different layers. And so I would put Jacob to bed and then I would go and sit. I can still remember this because my husband, Jeff, would watch me. I would just sit in the front entryway of my house. There were four little stairs that would lead up into the house. And I would just sit there like maybe not sure what to do. Am I going to run out the door? Am I going to go for a walk? (laughs) And Jeff would always come by and say, are you okay? You're just sitting on the, the stoop again here. And you know, I'd say, yeah, yeah. But really, you know, what was going on in my heart is I was pretty paralyzed with fear and worry. Um, and, and I think it's just the gravity of being a new mom sometimes. And just that heavy responsibility that you're responsible for another human being. Um, looking back, you know, I smile at the memory because uh, I just see my earnestness and I see how much I cared. I don't like how fear was ruling me at the time. And you know, as a follower of Jesus, I believe that uh, there is an enemy to our souls who causes so much fear. So I do wish I could say to young Lara back then, okay, let's turn to God now and like, let's pray and ask him to remove the anxiety you're feeling. But that great weight of responsibility, you know, it's there for a reason because, you know, when you separate it from the fear, the reality is that God has given you the responsibility of raising a child. When you become a mom, whether that is through biological means, adoptive means, or sometimes we become like a spiritual surrogate mom to others, that is a calling God has put on your life to raise and uh, rear someone around you to help them grow up into the person God has designed and called them to be. And so as we answer that call to motherhood, Um, and we really recognize it for what it is, we can embrace the responsibility and go to God with it and say, listen, (laughs) you've given me this wonderful life to steward here and I want to do my best. Um, And and so that's a whole journey that we go on. Now, Carol McLeod 
and you know, looking back, I can see the journey and want to tell myself, don't be so anxious, don't be afraid, this is going to be good. Carol McLeod really fast forwards uh, that journey for a lot of us in the sense that her new book, uh, Rooms of a Mother's Heart, gives us the wisdom we need and the insight we need to understand that motherhood is this beautiful responsibility and calling, but we are not in it alone. Now, this is a book I needed to read when I was a young mom. But let me tell you, whatever step of the journey you're on in your motherhood journey, this is the book for you. So without further ado, I want to go to my conversation with Carol right now. We'll be right back after this. For so many of us, our greatest hope is to raise children and grandchildren full of faith in Jesus and well-equipped to fulfill their unique God-given callings. But what if the key to making this happen for the kids we love has to do with how well we step into our own callings as mothers, stepmothers, bonus mothers, spiritual mothers, grandmothers? Joining me now to talk about this is Carol McLeod, prolific speaker and best-selling author of Rooms of a Mother's Heart. Welcome back to 100 Huntley Street, Carol. Thank you. Lara. Oh. We're so glad to be with you today. And I know what we're going to talk about now is a topic so dear to both of our hearts. Yes, it certainly is. I've got two boys, 10 and 14, and I read your book, Carol, and it brought life to my heart in new ways as a mom, but also as a woman. And, you know, I'm so excited because this book has something for everyone. Um, you know, whether, as I said, you know, as, as I was just uh, introducing our audience to you, whether you are a biological mom, adoptive mom, a chosen mom, all these different layers, a grandmother raising kids. You know, this book really speaks into this concept of raising children and motherhood as a divine calling. And that's so interesting. Will you tell us a bit more about that idea? Yes, I have to believe that, Lara. I have to believe that the idea of motherhood was God's idea from the beginning of time. I believe that God places an anointing and a power in a mom's heart as soon as she accepts the call of motherhood. Now, as you've pointed out, sometimes we give birth to the children biologically. Sometimes they're adopted, foster moms. Sometimes we're the bonus mom. But whether you're a Sunday school teacher or a grandmother or a next door neighbor, motherhood is your calling to the children in the next generation. Um, mothers have this way of loving when nobody else loves, of believing when everybody else stops believing, and of having hope when everybody else has turned their backs on a child. Mm. And only the divine call of God can do that in a mother's heart, right? Mm. And so really, part of my goal in writing this book, Rooms of a Mother's Heart, Lara, is to help women who are currently mothers understand the divine call and the power they have as they raise the next generation for Jesus Christ. Just think about this, Lara. Adolf Hitler had a mother. Mm. Billy Graham had a mother. Mm. We are women who are raising the next generation of world-changing leaders, and we need God to help us do it well. Wow. You know, it really speaks to something you draw on in the book that, you know, as we're raising our children, we have to understand we're impacting society. Yes. Like in significant ways. And you gave two very important examples of public figures mm -hmm. who uh, impacted society in very different ways right. as a result. You know, when you think about mothering, um, 
as you step into that season and say, you say, you know, I know God is calling me to be mothering in this season to my young children or to this younger woman or whatever, whatever that is. Um, there is a change that happens in us spiritually and emotionally. Talk to me a little bit more about that change that happens. Yes, when we, be, when we become a mother, again, all of our roots to motherhood look different. Mm -hmm. The journey that takes yeah. us to impact the next generation looks different for all of us. But it changes us in a way that little else does. Mm. All of a sudden, we're wearing our hearts on our sleeve, right? The things that didn't used to make us cry, make us cry. I never knew I had a problem with anger until I had a two-year-old, right? You know, and the two-year-old is, is in the dirt and putting finger paint on the kitchen table and, and all of those things. So it does impact us emotionally. Emotions come out of us mm. that up until now, we've kept a cap on. Mm. Um, and then spiritually, all of a sudden, I realized when the doctor laid my first baby in my arms, I thought, oh, I'm responsible for his soul. I get to train him for the unshakable kingdom of God. Mm. And so motherhood does impact a woman emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. I believe that motherhood is the greatest lesson in dying to self mm. that a woman will ever experience in life. Um, it starts with your body is not your own. You know, you've got swollen ankles and back aches and your stomach has extended. And then you don't sleep anymore for years because of the babies in your home. Yeah. And so you learn how to die to self mm. out of pure love mm. for someone else. How beautiful is that, oh, right? It's so beautiful. And, you know, it really makes me think about, you know, Jesus. Yes. We're beginning to then, as we step into motherhood and we're dying to self, and we're doing that out of love for others. It's Jesus going to the cross. It's our identification with our Savior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's interesting, you know, in your book you talk about, and, and so it's a very big call and, and there's all these layers to it and it stirs up our emotions being a mother and stirs up our spiritual life. But there's so much grace. God gives us so much grace for the journey. Tell me a little more about that grace for mothers out there. Yeah, you know, as mothers, we've all blown it, right? Yeah. We've all had good days and bad days. And as we look back, somehow we think that our weaknesses have trumped our love for the children, but that's not true. I, I think that as moms, we need to give ourselves grace. We need to be gentle on ourselves. And, and so there is a grace that surrounds a woman who is a mother. You know, one of the stories I tell is I had this wonderful, lively little two-year-old boy. I loved him so much and a newborn baby who had colic and was up all night. Oh. And so a successful day for me was getting dressed by four in the afternoon, <laughs> right? Every mother can relate to that. And it was a winter day. We lived in Buffalo, New York. We were in the middle of a terrible snowstorm. My husband was a pastor. He was gone a lot. And my sweet Matthew, two years old, was swinging his little feet. I'd given him breakfast. And I was had the colicky baby in my arms. And um, Matthew's little arm went across the table. And the milk for the week went all over my kitchen floor. Oh. And Lara, I lost it. Mm. I lost it. I was out of control. Mm. Well, in a couple minutes, Matthew, the colicky baby, and I were all sitting in a puddle of milk and tears in the kitchen floor. And I said, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I treated you like that. But Laura, that day the Holy Spirit said to me, Carol, you are a mom. That's your noun. That is what you are for the rest of your life. I've ordained it. I've chosen you to be a mom. 
but you get to choose how you mother. The Holy Spirit said to me, Carol, you choose your adjective. Will you be an impatient mother, an angry mother, a kind mother, mm -hmm. a gracious mother? Carol, you choose your adjective. Mm -hmm. And so from that day on, Lara, I chose to be a kind mother. Mm. Well, we've all been on the floor in a puddle of tears <laughs> and milk as moms. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And you know, you said from that day forward, you chose to be a kind mom. Mm. That really hit me as I read it in the book, because I feel sometimes when, you know, life is in the throes of being busy and all these things are happening and you have all these pressures as a mom, you lose your kindness and you don't realize it's happening. And why is kindness so important? And what does that look like in the day-to-day -day of a mom's life? Yeah, so, you know, we have falsely believed when it comes to maybe disciplining our children mm -hmm. that we get to raise our voices. We get to be angry. We get mm -hmm. to lecture. But let me tell you something. We need to apply biblical principles to motherhood. And the Bible says, a soft answer turns away wrath. Why do you think that verse is in the Bible? I think it's there for mothers. Mm -hmm. The, the Bible says that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And I have a feeling that if it works for God, it might work, work for mothers as well. Mm. So my goal, as I've already told you, was to be the kindest mom of my generation. And that kindness exhibited itself in the words that I spoke, in the emotions that I allowed to come out of my mouth and that were ran through my house. But I realized that, you know, Laura, when, when God gives us a little person, again, whether it's by marriage, biologically, by adoption, by fostering, really children come with one need, and that's to be loved. They just want somebody to love them, to hold them, to sing to them, to speak softly to them. And that is the call of motherhood. You know, I know that I've heard it said about motherhood, it's when the... Uh, Days never end and the years fly by. Yes. Isn't that true? true? Yeah. And so on those days that are unending, mm. those are the days that are most challenging for a mom. Yeah. But so often we allow a strong-willed two-year-old mm -hmm. or an ornery 16-year-old to bring out the worst in us. Mm -hmm. But I, this is my challenge to moms. Mm -hmm. Let them bring out the Jesus in you. Mm those tough moments of mothering, yeah. say to yourself, how can I be like Jesus right now? Yeah. That's a great question. And you know, Carol, I think about the times in my own family life when I have uh, been kind in the face of frustration and I watch these situations de-escalate so quickly. Right. And you ask that question, you know, how can I be Jesus to my little one, to yes. the young person in my care? Um, and you think about how Jesus is just saying, I love you. Yes. Just turn to me. Let's change this mm -hmm. together. That's so powerful. You know, I think for those parents and um, caregivers watching who may have some challenging young people to care for and, and for different reasons, you know, uh, we could have exceptionalities or special needs, but on the flip side, you also could have a young person with behavioral issues or uh, even, you know, a young adult, somebody who is not being responsible, whatever it might be. Sometimes it can be very hard to parent in those situations. And I guess a question I have is, do you believe that God pairs that person, that parent, that who's going to parent with that child or young person? Do you think God has divinely orchestrated that connection that I'm raising this child because God put them in my care? Well, that that's a complicated question. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I have a wise answer for it. 
But I can tell you this, I think once we've been given a child, again, biologically, step-parenting, we have to believe that God gave us that child because mm -hmm. that's the only way we'll have the strength yeah. and the joy and the wisdom to do it. You know, Laura, it makes me think about when Jesus chose the 12 disciples. So did he just randomly go pick 12 guys on the street or did he from the beginning of time think, I'm gonna pick Peter, James and John? I believe that. I do too. <laughs> I That's what I believe too. And so I believe that yes, he has chosen the children mm -hmm. that are under our roofs, that are in our hearts for us to raise. And because I believe that, I believe that he'll give me the strength, the grace and the creativity mm. for each child. Because every child comes with different needs. Yeah. And as moms, we need to be creative in how we love them and how we discipline them in how we raise them. Yeah. And children are not cookie cutters. No. It's not one size fits all. Oh, I know. I mean, I've assumed that once. I, I was like, perfect, I know what to do. Oh no, oh, no, I don't know what to do once the second one came. Yeah, that's a great point, you know. And you know, you think about you think about just inviting God into that journey of motherhood and parenting and you know the difference that can make. I think some people really do get hung up on some of the mistakes they're making as parents or these pieces of maybe brokenness. They could feel that they're handing down to their kids, whatever it might be. If they grew up in a volatile home, maybe they've lashed out or, and you know, you talk in the book about leaving the past in the past and embracing the moment and being present in the moment. There's so much power in that. I think that is such a wise word, you know, from from really a biblical perspective. Will you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so we, as I said, we've all made mistakes. We've all come from mistakes because we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. But today is a new day. Yeah. Be the mom that you want to be today. Don't let the mistakes of the past haunt you. Mm. You know, I think one of the most powerful things we can say to your, our children is, would you forgive me? Mm. Mama was not at the top of her game yesterday yes. and I was short with you. I was impatient with you and I am so sorry. Mm. Be, and you know, children are resilient. Children are very forgiving. It's when we don't ask for forgiveness that the pain piles up in a child. Mm -hmm. But when we can ask for forgiveness and say, mom's going to do better today mm -hmm. and hold hands and pray together. Mm -hmm. That is a game changer. So if you're listening today and yeah. you're thinking about all the mistakes you've made, yeah. leave the past in the past. Mm -hmm. Don't bring the past into today. Yeah. That's giving the past way too much power in your life. Mm -hmm. Even the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. So tap into those new morning mercies. Get up and say, God, help me be the mom you want me to be today. And you know what? He will do it. Wow, Carol. And you know, I'm just wondering if we can pray right now for yes. those watching who, mm -hmm. who really need to feel empowered in that way, that they can be the mom, the moms that God has called and created them to be. This is a new day. It is full of possibility. Will you pray with yeah. our viewers? Lord, we thank you for the call to motherhood. Lord, we thank you that it's a divine call and a specific call. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I pray especially for the moms who are just thinking that they blew it, mm. that, that they've not done a good job. Father, would you release them yes. in this moment from that pain and guilt and shame. Father, I pray that a, a spirit of creativity would fall in abundance in the hearts and the homes of every mom, every grandmother, every aunt, every Sunday school teacher who's listening today. Father, 
Father, would you help us creatively train the next generation to be the Daniels and the Sarahs and the Esthers and the Davids and the Pauls of the next generation. Lord, we give you back this gift mm -hmm. of mothering. And we ask for your courage, for your bravery, for your kindness, and for your creativity mm -hmm. to mother the children under our watch. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, Carol, as I think about uh, Rooms of a Mother's Heart, this book, mm -hmm. a lot of people have said they wish they had it earlier in their motherhood journey, right? That somebody had, you'd written it, yeah. <laughs> that somebody had given it to them or, um, you know, and I think it is something we can equip those we love with and to say, you know, here's a great book full of beautiful biblical resources and, and ideas. And I love the stories, the heartfelt stories you have in there. You know, right now you are in a phase of being a grandmother as well. And I, you know, in your book, you talk about seasons of motherhood, seasons of life, and to understand the season you're in. You know, for grandmothers and, and you know, grandparents, as they're in that season and their, you know, their grandkids are around them, how can they be forming and shaping and helping their grandkids on this journey to knowing God, fulfilling their callings in life? Yeah, grandmotherhood is another exciting part of the journey of motherhood. Mm -hmm. um, people will say to me, Lara, well, Carol, who did you write this book for? Did you write it for the next generation of mothers? Mm -hmm what I like to call mothers in the trenches. Yes, I did. But listen, I wrote this book for every woman who has a mom, who knows a mom, who wants to be a mom, who is a mom, because all of our hearts are maternal in some way. Yes. But for those of us like me who are in this wonderful season yeah. um, called being a grandmother. You know, I just want to encourage you that you have a gift to give your grandchildren mm -hmm. that no one else can give. Mm -hmm. You have the gift of time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're a grandmother, you have a little bit more money that you can invest. Yeah. And you know, this is what I want to say to grandmothers. Listen, don't just buy them stuff and things. Send them to summer camp. Send them on a missions trip. You pay for piano lessons. You do those things that it's hard for mom and dad to do. Mm -hmm. But be a creative grandmother. Have a tea party for the little girls and get out your fine china. And if it breaks, it breaks. That's okay. You know, have a, a basketball party for the grandsons and let them invite their friends and their sweaty bodies and have a blast together. Do those things that you wish you would have done when you were a young mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Laura, life is seasonal, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Especially for women. Mm -hmm. And for the young moms who are listening today, I always tell them, know what season you're in yes. and respond to it appropriately. So don't be shoveling snow when you should be planting flowers. Mm -hmm. This is your season, young moms, mm -hmm. of investing in the lives of your children. Mm -hmm. You know, Lara, a lot of people ask me, what do you wish you'd known about motherhood yeah. before you yeah. had a baby? Yeah. And I always say, well, I wish I would have known how fast it goes, mm. how frustrating it is, and how fulfilling it is. Yeah. Um, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I wish somebody would have told me, you don't spoil your babies with love. Mm. Like rocking a baby does not spoil it. Yeah. Singing to a baby does not spoil that yeah. baby. Um, it's the stuff and things. So young moms, yeah. hold your babies, mm. sing to them in the night hours. Yeah. They really just want mom to love them. Mm, I love that. You know, when you talk about 
these seasons of life and, and you know, so many are at a season as well. And you address this in the book where empty nesting mm-hmm. is happening. They're empty nesters. And yet this is a season of sorrow, but of great possibility. Just tell me quickly about the possibility for those who are empty nesters right now and saying, what's next for me? You talk about this in the book, but tell us a bit more. So when our youngest daughter, Joni, went away to college, the youngest of five, I said to the Lord, what? It's all over. Like the most impactful, vital thing I will ever do in my life, motherhood, it's all over. And he said, yep, it's all over. I said, will I ever do anything as significant as that again? And he said, no, but yes. You will, (laughs) because I do believe that motherhood is the most significant calling. But in this season of life, we get to reinvent ourselves. That's what you're doing in this season. Yes. Now I'm, I always dreamed about writing books when I was a little girl. Now I'm writing books. I'm teaching the word to the next generation. I'm traveling and speaking. And yet I still get to be a mom. I still have kids who text me and call me and say, mom, what should I do about this? I still have the delight of little arms around my neck and rocking them at night. Um, but in this season of life, I want to say to the empty nest moms, yeah. even though your nest is empty, your plate should still be full. You should be training the next generation. You should be giving yourself for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go on mission trips, go work at the food kitchen, do things that are gonna change the lives of others for the unshakable kingdom of Christ. Oh, I love that, Carol, so excited. That makes me excited about that season. (laughs) You're gonna love it. Oh, Carol, well, thank you so much for talking to us today about this incredible book, Rooms of a Mother's Heart. It has been such a blessing to me and I can't wait to pass it on to others. Thank you for being with us today, Carol. I always love speaking with you, Lara. Thank you. Wow. Well, if you just listened to my conversation with Carol, I know that you're inspired right now. Some of the points, you know, that I love that she makes is um, a lot of a lot of different points there. But some of them are, you know, to let the past be the past. Sometimes we really beat ourselves up as moms and we say, you know, I didn't do that right. I wish I'd done this differently. Maybe I could have done that better. But the reality is God does not want us to be stuck in anything that was a mistake that we did or things that we're just seeing as our shortcomings. That's a huge point for me. And I wish I had grasped that earlier on in my journey of raising my two sons. Um, You know, the, the wonderful idea of kindness, that kindness is so important in parenting. And, and we know this, so don't get me wrong, but I think, I think sometimes we become that stern parent or things slip out of our mouths that are a bit too harsh. You know, and the, we know the Bible says that a kind word turns away anger, it turns away wrath. And um, interesting to hear Carol unpack the importance of kindness as a mother and what difference that really makes. Because kindness really leads to a deeper sense of love and connection. And, you know, what's interesting is that you know, Carol says that kindness leads to, you know, the kindness of God leads to repentance. And so when we're kind to our kids, sometimes even in those moments when maybe we want to yell, maybe we want to be very stern and show them how upset we are, um, we can still be firm and have boundaries, but to be kind within it, I think it really leads our kids down a path of of understanding that it's um, out of our great love for them that we're correcting them and that hopefully their hearts begin to shift towards Um, better behavior and things like that. And I'm also just loving the idea and the truth in this, that God chooses each of us to raise the exact specific children in our care. 
that really blows me away because it completely dispels uh, any fears we have, right? That we're not equipped to raise the kids in our house. You know, if you have a young one who's dealing with, um, could be a learning disability, could be an exceptionality of some kind, uh, could even just be some behavioral issues. And you think, I, d- I don't know if I can do this. You know, am I equipped to do this? You know, sometimes throughout my journey as a mom, I have prayed that to God saying like, I, I don't know how to do this. Like, can I, can I handle this situation? But when we understand that the exact children in our care are the pe- are the young ones that God placed in our care, that this there is like a divine um, placement of them in our lives, well, that changes everything. And we know we're not alone in the journey that if God has placed this young one under our care, he's partnered with us in helping raise them up. And, you know, so through a life of prayer, really, uh, we can discern and hear from God and, and also reading the Bible. It helps us to understand how to parent. You know, I hope this conversation was encouraging to you. But I have to say that, you know, being a mom is a lot of work, right? It's the most rewarding work in the world. And I remember my sister saying to me when I first... Um, had two little ones at home. She said to me, Laura, the days are long, but the years are fast. And that's the truth, right? We're pouring ourselves out. We're pouring our energy out. So can I just do something for you? If you're a mom right now, can I pray over you and with you for new strength and, um, and wisdom and the provision of all that you need as you're raising your kids? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I lift up my sister listening to you, God. I lift her up to you right now. You know her name. You know exactly where she lives. You know her heart, God. You know her life. You know her circumstances. And Father, I thank you for the children you have put in her care, God. I thank you for the children that you have brought into her life, God. Whether it's out of her body, God, whether it's from someone else's body, she's raising them. Lord, I thank you that you would strengthen my sister to have great wisdom in how she's raising her children, God, that you would continue to pour out your love and your mercy and your grace on her, that God, she would be forgiving of herself when she falls short, God, and that she would have patience with her children when they fall short. God, I ask that you would continue to lift her up, that she would be a blessed woman, that those around her would see it, God, that she would thrive in everything she puts her hands to. God, I thank you that when she falls in her parenting, or in her day-to-day life, God, she would get up, God, and you would raise her up again. God, I thank you for the purpose that you have for her children, Lord. We pray over her children now, God, that they would rise up, God, that they would be strong children who follow the Lord. They would be strong believers in Jesus. God, we thank you that they have a purpose and a path for their lives. We ask for your protection over them. God, we pray in agreement as mothers, Lord, that our children, Father, would serve you and know you and they would thrive and reach their full potential in life. And we pray and thank you for all these things by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm so thankful that you've tuned in. You know, if you want more prayer tonight, okay, any mom listening right now, any grandmother, anybody who is needing some encouragement as they raise some the kids in their lives, um, call our prayer lines, 1-866-273-4444. I'm going to say the number again, 1-866-273-4444. Or you can also email prayer at crossroads.ca. And now this is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which means there is somebody there ready to answer your phone call or email 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I know our prayer partners here at Crossroads and 100 Huntley Street, they are um, some of the most incredible people I've ever met. They love God. They love people. They are not judgmental. They are here to cheer you on 
and pray with you and encourage you and bring you hope. So call those prayer lines if you need to. Don't forget to get a copy of Carol's book, Rooms of a Mother's Heart. There's something in there for every mom. And I'm telling you, it will bring you strength, wisdom, and joy in this journey of motherhood. Well, God bless you. And we will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.